Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, everyone. It's Jessica, and we're back with another podcast. Today, I have my friend Melissa with me, and I'm very excited to introduce her to all of you. So, Melissa, welcome. Welcome to our little podcast. Good evening, Jessica. We like to always start with the surface level introduction, Um, just knowing that one of the core values of sharing stories is that we kind of get to dig beneath the surface a little bit and see beyond maybe what we see of women on social media or when they pass us on the street or just we can easily make assumptions or think we know somebody when we really don't. So we're going to start with just your surface level introduction. Uh, If somebody were to meet you and just have a few minutes to get to know you or maybe come across a, a social media page of yours, what might they learn about you? They would learn that God is very much the center of my life um, and my focus. I'm pretty open about that. My name is Melissa. I was born in Ketchikan, Alaska in 1961. I have had a very interesting life, Um, was happily married for almost 37 years, and have a wonderful young man child, (laughs) (laughs) Um, 37. And, uh, And God has taken me through some many seasons of life, and he's brought me to Calvary Chapel in this season. And we're very glad you're here. I wanted to check in with you. I like to check in with each of the guests during this kind of uncertain and and really somewhat unprecedented time, this pandemic. How are you doing? Have you been, well, I think we've all been affected, but in what ways have you been affected? Um, Has this been a hard time? Maybe has there even been a blessing in disguise? Has anything good come out of this time for you? I'd have to say I'm one of the very blessed people because I don't have to worry about my mortgage. I don't have to worry about my job. The one blessed thing that came out of all of this is before this happened, my adult son moved back in with me. Um, I have a little house here in McMinnville and I'm new to town. Um, God blessed me with that home. I've just had so many blessings. I work for the school district and I know that many of our families are facing some really challenging times and I'm very thankful that I don't have to worry about the basic things, that I'll be able to focus on um, my job as we bring new technology online school to our kids. I miss my children deeply. Um, I miss being in the workplace, but I'm adjusting. Um, I'm very lucky to have my son here or I'd be totally isolated. I've been widowed for about two years now and God is just bringing a different season for me. I think he's doing that for a lot of us right now. <laughs> this, is, this is a season I don't think any of us will, will readily forget. Um, and with that, It is a season where a lot of people are feeling more isolated uh, or more disconnected. And one of the reasons we wanted to bring this story night ministry into the podcast format was to sort of bridge that a little bit and and help women be able to tune in to these stories and 
just hear the hearts of other women um, in the community and, and who are part of Calvary Mac to feel connected. And, and already you've touched on just a couple of talk topics that I think many women uh, at Calvary and beyond would greatly connect with. Um, so I'd love to invite you to dive in a little bit with your story and sort of take us through some of the chapters of your of your life uh, that maybe led you to being in McMinnville and being a part of Calvary and being part of the leadership team here as well. So you are welcome to start at any year of your life and tell us a little bit more about your story that brought you here. Well, my story began um, when I was born to <laughs> I was born to Kay and Don Goodwin, and it's not a happy story. Uh, their marriage ended fairly quickly, and I was raised by my dad, and he remarried when I was three. And my mom is um, somebody I've been with since I was three years old. Um, I'm going to keep most of that story under wraps because I am going to hopefully have the honor of doing a store night when we get back to being able to be in front of a live audience. My story um, growing up was a tough one. Uh, many challenges. Uh, I accepted Christ when I was nine um, and struggled with being the only Christian in my home. My family wasn't supportive. I was in church because of a Nazarene church bus ministry. I later was baptized when I was 13. Um, my family didn't even go to my baptism. Um, my mom didn't want me to be baptized. And my grandmother said, you're not going to stop her from doing that. So most of my Christian life has been solo. It's been me, me doing those things that I thought I needed to do. I got married at a fairly young age. I was 20. Um, my husband was 19. We'd met in high school. And I can honestly say I married my best friend. I kept that poor guy in the friend zone for two years. <laughs> uh, we started dating in August, I think of 1981. And we were married December 6, 1981. <laughs> so I had had a really good friendship with him. And that marriage lasted until he passed away on May 28th, uh, 2018. A lot of our story was growing up um, together. Uh, we had our son right after we got married and we lived on the farm that my husband grew up on. He was raised there, he lived there, he died there. I worked in the family business with my mother and father-in-law. They, and we lived on their property. Uh, we had 45 acres out in the little community of Hopewell. And my parents lived up on the hill. And so we were surrounded by family, which was very important in helping to raise our only child. My husband was an only child, and he was born in Salem. And 20 years later, our son was born in Salem. We lived on the farm. We worked on the farm. I learned so much from my in-laws. I learned to have a real good business ethic. I learned how to milk goats. I learned how to um, help with the sheep, feed baby lambs 
one of my favorite memories is because I was the little one, I got to go up into the top of the barn and jump down into a 12 foot wool sack and <laughs> wool bundles hurled at me <laughs> down in the sack and stu- struggled up to get to the top of the um, ladder. And uh, when Mike was old enough, he inherited that job. That's my son. <laughs> so I, have, I have really great memories of my in-laws and just a marriage that we stuck it out. I mean, it was not always great. Uh, he was gone a lot. He was a truck driver um, for his family. We raised livestock. We kept jobs. The turning point for me was in 19... 19- 91, I had to go back to work. I'd been a stay-at-home mom. And my very first job was running the drive-through at Burger King in West Salem. I was 29 years old and I turned 30 standing at the drive-through taking orders. <laughs> That's a memorable birthday. It was. And then um as the as school ended. Uh, My son was in third grade, I do believe at the time. Um, When my job ended there, um, I went back home and I was going to just stay at home again. And my mom said, well, Amity has jobs for assistance and you are at school all the time as a volunteer mom. Why don't you get a job? And I struggled with that. And I went, okay. So I applied. I got the job. I worked for a year. I did an art program for them uh, as a volunteer because I like to paint. I do watercolor and I draw. And uh, so that ended up in June. I was told we had major five at that point. And I was told, well, there won't be a job for you. And I started to pray because I really didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. And I started to pray and I prayed all summer long. And that fall, somebody said, there's a job out in this community called Perrydale. And I went, okay, it's full time. I'm not interested. Second person, Melissa, there's this job out of Perrydale. I'm going, no. Third person. (laughs) And I was like, okay, God, I get it. So I went in and I applied for the job and everything that I had done up to that point landed me the position immediately. And that is a thread that has happened in my life. God knows where to put me for my next step. So I worked out at Perrydale for two years. I ran their art program. I organized their playground. I took care of their kiddos. And I lost my joy out of the first year. I was having some parental conflicts and I was like, God, please give me my joy back. And the next year he did. I got an assistant. Um, Things were going well. I ended up with a good relationship with the parent I was having problems with. And I thought everything was really good. And my husband said, Melissa, I'm just not sure about our economy. I would really love it if you would apply at McMinnville. And I said, okay, I found my joy and now you're moving me. Okay, God, I don't know what's going on, (laughs) but all right. 
So I went in and I applied and I got an interview and I went into the interview and I was told this job is already taken, but there's another job that we really think you would fit. And so when we interview for that position, we'll call you. And I thought, okay. So I went home and I got the call and I went in and I did the interview and I just knew God had something. And I walked out that door and I looked at the other person waiting in line for an interview. And I thought, honey, this job's mine. (laughs) And I went home and I told my husband, I said, when they call me, I'm taking the job. And Mark goes, what? I said, when they call me, I'm taking the job. So in September 6th, 1995, I entered Patton Middle School. And I became the in-school detention lady for 20 years. And you could probably write a book about that, couldn't you? (laughs) Yes, I could. And someday I might. Um, That was a time of lessons. God taught me to really, really depend on him. My son was in middle school when I started. Um, I'm still there. I'm no longer in the detention room. I'm in the classroom. I'm working with kids. But I knew about three years into the job that God had given me my career. I didn't have a college education. I'd gone to school for two years, and I dropped out to go home and marry my, my best friend. And not knowing that's what I was doing, but that's what happened. As I look back through all of that, God's hand was in it. And I didn't go gracefully. I fought him. I cried in my car some days. I questioned him. And that seems to be a pattern in my life. But God is always bigger and he's always there. So in um, in 2015, in May, I lost my best friend of 32 years in an auto wreck. I was in detention. I didn't know what things were going to look like. And an opportunity came along for me to be transferred into the classroom. And I had been asking God for 20 years, you have to close this door and open a new one if this is not where I'm supposed to be. And he did that. He closed that door. He opened a new one. And I walked into the job that I'm doing now. But I have been in that building for 25 years. (laughs) shortly after my best friend died my husband was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver and I knew something was wrong and I knew that he was struggling but what I didn't know he was struggling with being a very functioning alcoholic and what I didn't want to see was how much he was drinking every day in 2017, after several hours of fighting him to get help, he allowed me to call 911, and he was delivered to to Salem Hospital. And that's where my last season journey began. He was in the emergency room looking straight at the ER tech, And he was asking him, do you drink? And my husband said a little. 
And I looked at that man and I looked at my husband and I got brave. And I said, if you consider a fifth of Jack a day, a little, they immediately wanted to get social services involved. Thank God we have Kaiser. And they came in. And what the doctor told me was my husband had heart failure, liver failure, and kidney failure. And he wasn't going to walk out of the hospital, most likely. Well, the next four days, we started watching him to see if he would go into detox. And Sunday night, he went into full-blown detox four days later. He spent two weeks in a comatose state. And then once he recovered from that, he was in a care facility for two weeks. I had no idea what I was going to do with this 350 pound, six foot one man when I'm five, four. And he didn't have the ability to walk. He didn't have the ability to move. The alcohol had totally shut his body down. And I really had to trust God. So we brought him home. And for the next year, I thought I could save him. I really thought I could save him. And we struggled. And he had different problems. Uh, He had edema in his legs. He had a swollen belly from the fluid. And he just reminded me of this big T-Rex. And I have several stuffed and plastic little T-Rexes in my office that I bought as we were going through this and as I bought after his death as reminders of my dear beloved. So I went through this and I was like, I just believed that I could save him, that God would save him, that everything would be okay. And things were improving and things were getting better. And in that process, we sold the family farm. It's the only home he knew. It was most of my life was spent there. All of my son's life was spent there. But we were trusting God. And he provided us the ability to stay in our home for 10 years after we sold it. So I was contemplating, well, we need to move into town. How are we going to do that? Mark isn't doing well. How is that all going to look? April 13th, 2018, we knew things were not right. And we called the doctor. The doctor um, did a test on him, ran some tests. And then on May 13th, I do believe, um, we went in to see the doctor and he took one look at my husband and he told us he doesn't have years anymore. He has months. What we didn't know at that point was months was two weeks. He spent a week in the hospital and then a week at home. And he died in our home on May 28th, 2018. And my life shifted. I had a year to find a house. I had my job in McMinnville. My son was in Portland. And I felt very alone. Um, People that could help. I had great support. But at that point, I didn't have a church. Because I had spent the last 10 years with my husband at home. I had a really hard time being in church without him. And 
and I allowed bitterness in my life. And so I spent that time with him. But as I look back at it, and I always felt God was okay with that, but when I looked back at that season, what I didn't know is all those people that I had walked away from would be the same people that would walk into my life after Mark died. And that's what happened. So I ended up going back to the church that I had left. I spent a couple months there. And they were all asking me, what can we do? And I said, I really need a house. I need to find a house. I have until next June to find a house. And I would just really love to find a house. And I have a good friend whose husband is a realtor. So he started looking for me. So my pastor's wife at the time said, what kind of house you want? And I said, well, God knows what kind of house I want. (laughs) And uh, we started looking in September. And I looked at places here and I looked at places in different areas. Um, And I think it was September 23rd, um, my realtor said, there's a little place in town that I think you'll like. And I walked into my little jewel box and I just knew it's, I just knew, I just felt God's presence. It was just, this is it. And I was looking at the, cost of the home. I was looking at the house payment. I was looking at all these things. And I was thinking, how, how, Lord, how, how can I do this? But God is mighty and God prepares things so far ahead of time for you. Um, The insurance policy paid out more than I thought it would. My husband's retirement, we had just retired two months before we found out he had cirrhosis. All that was all ready to go. And as we did the paperwork, and I really trusted God on the house, what happened was my husband's PERS payment that I will get for the rest of my life is under what my, it's over what my house payment is. And my house payment comes underneath that just enough to pay my taxes and to pay my homeowner's insurance. That's how God provided. And God knew we were going to have this pandemic. If I didn't have that in place, I would be in the same place a lot of people are worrying about their houses and if they're going to have a home. But the one thing that I promised God when Mark died was I was going to be his girl and I was going to listen And I was going to try to mature and grow. And believe me, at 59 years old, that's teaching an old dog new tricks in some (laughs) way. So I moved into my new house and I was thinking, what am I going to do about church? And I thought about going to my brother-in-law's church. I thought about going back out to Hopewell Church. I just really wasn't sure. So one Sunday, I was walking on the path Um, that's right behind my house and God just spoke to me he said Calvary and I go Calvary Calvary I don't know anybody there no you certainly cannot be saying Calvary no 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 so I get in my car and I go not to Calvary but to another church and I, I just walked into this other church and I thought this doesn't feel right maybe I should just get up and go to Calvary but I didn't I went home and I forgot about it. 
And the following Saturday, this would be December 2018 or 19. I, I'm, no, 19. No, 18. 18. <laughs> okay, so it was 2018. On Saturday, I walked out to the mailbox and on my door was a flyer from Calvary Mac inviting me to their Christmas service. And I was like, again, okay, God, I get it. All right. So Sunday, I stepped foot into Calvary and I sat down and Pastor Brian, I could have sworn, looked straight at me and said, there are hurting people here that are alone for the holiday or something to that effect that just really touched my heart. And so I went up after service and I talked to him and I went Wednesday night to the women's Bible study and I met a wonderful lady named Jan and things just started connecting. And then Dan Bellows called me the following day. And then we had this opportunity to do Rooted in January. And I ended up in a group with James and Laura and God really spoke to me during the rooted time and last Good Friday, last April 19th, I was rebaptized. And after that and after rooted, God just laid on my heart that I needed to be part of the women's fellowship and I wanted to have my own rooted group, but we didn't do that. So what ended up pursuing is I ended up doing a women's Bible study that summer. I used one of the Proverbs 31 Women Ministries books and met some wonderful women and just had this heart for them and for the women of Calvary, the women of Calvary that are divorced, the women of Calvary that are single, the women of Calvary that are widows, the women of Calvary that have non-going church husbands. Um, the only thing that I had not gone through was divorce, but everything else I had, and he just really laid that on my heart. So when we had the opportunity last year, I went to women's retreat for the very first time. I wasn't going to go, and I ended up going at the last minute. I ended up riding with a wonderful group of ladies who I ended up having in my um, summer Bible study. And I just really, I just felt good. I felt I had found my place. I found my home. And for some reason, I started hearing about this story night thing. And I was talking to Becca and I said, someday, I said, I have a story uh, that I would like to tell. And so when the opportunity came to be part of story night, to be, to help with that, I went to Jessica and said, I'd love to be on the committee. And so I am. <laughs> and then we talked about me giving my testimony, my story at some point. But at that time, God just really said, no, I just want you to work on the background a little bit. So I'm part of the story night committee. I ended up hosting a house church. I'm shepherding a house church on Tuesday nights. And the women that attend my house church are women that are single, divorced, unequally yoked, widowed, um, 
And right now, because we're of the older set and technology isn't our thing, we are <laughs> not meeting, um, but I'm really looking forward to when we can. Um, so we keep track of each other in the old fashioned ways. And uh, I just, I don't know what God's going to do. I really don't. I'm, but I know I'm open and I know I'm willing. And I didn't want my son living home with me. Um, I wanted to be an independent woman. <laughs> but I must say that I'm really thankful that God knows better than we do what we need. And he knew in this point of isolation that I would need him and he would need me. And we've been able to build our relationship back. And I'm learning in this season of my life that I have to wait and I have to be patient. And I'm not good at either of those things. Yeah. Amen. Me either. <laughs> and that he's got a plan so much better than anything anything we could possibly imagine for ourselves and even in hard times and even in trial and even when we don't understand why things are going the way they're going or why this happened to me or why that happened to me or why this didn't happen to me i didn't plan on being a widow at 57 years old i didn't my husband's been gone for two years um i didn't plan that but God has seen me through that. He has helped me through that. Um, am I grieving? Finally, yes. I just let it all, I just hid it away for so long. And now it's like I'm having to deal with that. I'm having to deal with the pain. I'm having to deal with as we're going through this pandemic, what does that mean? What does that mean as a woman that doesn't have a husband? What does that mean as a single woman? Um, what does that mean for me? You know, it's just, but God is in control and God loves me and God is going to take care of me. And he has proven that the last two years, he's proven that to me over and over and over and over again in ways that I can't even explain. I am so grateful that you were led to Calvary and to the Story Night team and the women's leadership for leading a house church and, and rooted. There's been so many amazing things. Um, I know how much I've appreciated having you on the team with me. And uh, just so, so thrilled that you were able to come on and share part of your story with us right now. Um, and like you mentioned before, we've, we've sort of purposely uh, held back some of your story because the plan at some point when, you know, God tells us it's your time, uh, we do intend for you to be one of our story night speakers on stage with a live audience of 200 or more women. Um, uh, but for now, we've been able to get a glimpse of your story and really hear your heart. And I'm so appreciative of just your willingness to share that. And particularly how you talked about just that widowhood, the time of grieving or the, the time of being alone, uh, women who are single. I know there are so many ladies in our community and beyond who are socially isolated right now and feeling very alone in their homes. 
And so as we're getting close to wrapping up here, I was hoping you would take just a moment and really speak to the woman who maybe maybe is recently widowed or has been widowed for a long time. And now we have this uncertain season of life and she's in the home and she doesn't have her best friend or her plus one, her husband. It's a very unique season. And I know that you understand it in a way that maybe others don't. And I think that's what we really need right now. I think we all need to be understood. Um, So I was hoping you would just take a moment and really speak to those women who can so identify with that part of your story. Yes, I'd be happy to, Jessica. What it is for me, it's being in daily communion with God um, and reaching out to people by phone, by text, uh, by mail, if you need to. If you, if something I've said has resonated with you and you think this home church would be a great place for you when we're back, I would love to have you there. But I'd also love you to feel free that you could get a hold of Jessica um, for my info. And I would love to talk to you. For me, it's trusting God. It's I'm in my word. Um, I have a house church. Um, I would love to see us take the house church reading and just give it to the whole church. Um, We're in Acts right now. I think we did chapter 12 today. But it is for me, it is finding a routine of prayer and study, but also finding someone somewhere that you can reach out to and talk to. I was very fortunate that my the year and a half I was by myself, my sister-in-law checked in on me every day. It doesn't mean that I wasn't lonely. It doesn't mean that I don't question God, but I'm trying to really reach out to him. And I'm really trying to figure out his voice to hear him, to feel him wrap his arms around me. And just, I would say, just know you're not alone. There are other of us out there. Um, One of my desires is to get the widows of Calvary Chapel together. You know, get the women together that need a support system. That That is something that's been on my heart for a while. So what I would have to say is hang in there. God loves you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Pray. And with that said, Jessica, I would just really love to close in prayer and pray for those women. Absolutely. That's what I was hoping for. And you beat me to it. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to serve you. And I just ask that you would just reach out to every single woman that hears my voice that says, that's me. Where are you, God? I feel so alone. I need you. Lord, I just ask that your love would just wrap around her right now and just fill her, that she would just feel you hold on to her so tight. Lord, speak to her. Talk to her. Let her know that she is important in your eyes and that you love her. Father, as a whole, as women, we are holding our families together right now in this time. And I would ask, Lord, that you would give us each extra strength to hold on to you, to know that you are our rock, to know that you will lift us out of this mud and mire and muck, 
called the pandemic and you will rise us up, Lord. You will raise us up and just help us to be a community of women, to help each other, whatever that looks like right now. But Lord, just put a peace that passes understanding in every single person's heart that's listening right now. Just that peace passes understanding. And if they don't know you, Lord, I'd ask that they would. Just take this opportunity to just walk a step closer. We thank you for everything that you are going to do, Lord, now and in our future. And all the things that you've done in the past, we're thankful. We just lift this all up to you. I just ask you, Lord, to just speak in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Melissa, thank you so much for uh, just opening your heart to us. And I so appreciate how your uh, desire is to really be available and help and connect uh, with other women who really have gone through similar things. And, you know, while this podcast is sort of starting out of Calvary Mac in McMinnville, Oregon, this is by no means exclusive to one little community. So you don't have to be a part of Calvary Mac or even live in Oregon to reach out or get connected um, or just find resources. We really just have heart for women all over and want to do whatever we can to just show the love of God to each one and be available to help and be a community as much as we can. And so uh, with that, we hope that we'll get to have the real live story night in the coming months or years, whenever the time is right. And we'll get to hear the full version of your story, Melissa. Thank you again for for taking your time. And um, we really, really appreciate you. Thank you. I really appreciate being part of Calvary Mac and being part of Calvary Mac Women. And we do have a Facebook page. We do. (laughs) And yeah, just about everything we've talked about, you can find at calvarymac.com. There's links to each one of those from that starting point. So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Melissa, thank you again for sharing your story. The Story Night Podcast. A ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women.